Welcome to the Catastrophic Comeback Podcast with American injury lawyer Clark Speaks, helping you find hope, purpose, and joy after a catastrophic injury. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Catastrophic Comeback. I'm very happy today to have my guest, Scott Rodriguez. Scott is a uh, senior investigator at Speaks Law Firm and has been with us for a long time, has extensive law enforcement and investigative experience. Welcome, Scott. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Clark. Scott, the first thing I want to talk to you about is, uh, is in terms of your investigations, you know, uh, it, it, this is a podcast designed for people who have uh, suffered catastrophic injuries. So let's focus on catastro- your catastrophic injuries and, the, and, the, and those uh, aspects of your investigations. Um, first of all, wh- what kinds of things do you investigate? How do you contribute? How do you get involved in these kinds of cases? Specifically to, say, for example, pen, uh, personal injury claims or, or cases, um, typically looking from a motor vehicle aspect, such as crashes, pedestrians, bicyclists hit, uh, looking for where we can find that auto coverage. So we're there. I spend a lot of time searching through databases, finding vehicles, finding owners. Um, it's, it's a little more complex than, you know, if I find a person has a vehicle and here's auto coverage, insurance coverage, have to go beyond that because what I have noticed, it's common now I see people may have, for example, three vehicles and may have three different insurance policies on there. So I can't just check one box and say, okay, I got their auto insurance coverage. I've got to hit all those vehicles. Um, then there's this looking for residents, uh, resident relatives policies um, for, for vehicles and an asset. So do a lot of asset searching, um, be that in person or through databases. Well, so, so I thought, I'll be honest with you, I thought you would, we were going to lead with uh, tire impressions and videos and police statements and all that. So you've got, got gone straight into coverage. Let, let's look at that for a okay. minute. Uh, why is that so important? What, what do you mean coverage? Why is that important? How does that apply here? Sure. Um, it's really important on coverages because in North Carolina, we have a minimum requirement for auto insurance coverage. And oftentimes, people only have that minimum required coverage. Well, unfortunately, some people's injuries uh, exceed that and well beyond exceed that. So uh, the case managers will ask me to search for other covers so we can make sure we can help this client financially as a part of their recovery from their injury. So let's, let's give them a practical impression of how that works. If, if a, and I, I can, there's a case that comes to my mind right now where a person is um, uh, uh, on the side of the road changing a tire, somebody hits them, while they're doing that, was negligent, was at fault, uh, had uh, uh, the minimum coverage, $30,000, 30-60, which means 30 per person, 60 per occurrence. So if it's an individual person, the most the insurance company would have to pay is $30,000. Uh, if it's a group of people or more than one person, the most they, most they would have to pay is 60000 So if you cannot find additional coverage, what happens with the balance of that claim? The, the, if there's if there's a, a million dollar loss and there's thirty thousand dollar coverage, what happens to that other nine hundred and seventy thousand dollar damage? Well, after that, I, we have to start looking at the individual and looking at the individual and their assets they may have. So if we if I exhaust my resources looking for auto policy coverage, uh, maybe I find another resident relative and we still can't meet the person's injury, the financial 
cost of their injury, um, I start looking for assets, uh, real estate, uh, uh, small business ownership. So I spend a lot of time on the Secretary of State database, seeing if an individual has any uh, small business on their own that might have assets. So I spend a lot of time looking for assets. Some of that time gets into the evidence part of that, of actually going out and camping out in front of a house for a while or camping out in front of a business because uh, what I find is with assets, a lot of that stuff isn't recorded anywhere. It's not documented with Secretary of State or insurance or nothing like that. I need to go out there and put eyes on it. Well, let's talk about some of those individual pieces in just a minute. But if you can't find assets and you can't find coverage, then th then anything beyond the initial policy, they're just they're just out of luck, right? It's for a lack of better words, it, it, it almost could come to that. that and it does come to it that. Does, that's the reality of it, it. It does come to that, which is why it's so critical that you uh, do this work and that you, and that you do this, that you do the things that you do to investigate, to do everything that you possibly can to find any additional coverage that there may be. Uh, you've talked about a couple of different sources of, uh, of, of, of op, you know of, of additional coverage you talked about resident relative uh i think you alluded to uh uninsured motorists underinsured motorist uh business policies business people that own small businesses maybe they have business policies liability policies or maybe they have umbrella policies or those kinds of things and so so really the focus the, the question i have is i just want to make it clear that if so so what you're saying and what my experience is if we can't find if there if we can't find an additional policy or if we can't find more coverage or even assets owned by the individual people are just out of luck they're going to they're going to run out there's going to be run out of sources to tap into so that makes it really important that we find these policies or these assets yes okay now if if a firm that uh, if a person's catastrophically injured and their uh, law firm comes back to them and says hey there's no there's no uh there's no, we couldn't find, you know, all this person had was $30,000 in coverage or in another state, it might be more or less or whatever, but a small amount of coverage, <coughs> excuse me, for a catastrophic injury. What questions, what questions would that person ask his or her lawyer, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, to, to make sure that that, that law firm had done the things that they should do to make sure there's absolutely no chance or as, as, as best you can find is all practical certainty, there's no other policy or asset available to cover the cost of this? You know, good question. And I've never been in that situation to be that client where uh, my attorney calls me and says, hey, we, uh, we've tapped out. We we've, we've can't find any more policies. Um, there's no assets we can attach liens to. I think if I was in that situation, my first response would be, well, what do I do now? Would probably be from my attorney, what do I do now? How do I, how do I recover from this? So that's a fair question. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in that situation, if somebody were to ask me, and I have been in that situation, mm -hmm. I have been in that situation where a person said, what do I do now? And it's a good question. And the answer is, you're just out of luck. And so, so I think that's an important thing that what we need to realize. And so, so I, I'll tell you what I did in response to that. Um, I remember telling the person, okay, what we need to do in the future is advise our clients and advise people that we come in contact with to purchase going forward uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage. It's not very expensive and it protects you in exactly that situation. Somebody hits you or your family on the road and they have 
uh, and they only have $30,000 coverage, but you, you have medical bills and lost income that surpasses that, uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage will be there for you to, 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 to at least provide for the financial benefit that you need to get through this uh, situation. So I think that's critical that people need to know. One of the things that I found is a lot of people don't want to tap into that. They're like, we're not going after my insurance, you know? So, and so, um, and so when we find an uninsured motorist policy, what do, what do you tell people if they have that, you know, why do you got to go after my insurance? It's the other guy's fault. I think the most clear response is that, well, that's what you paid for that for. You, in, you invested in that for this type of situation. For this exact let's, situation. Let's, let's take advantage of that. You, you have been paying for this, whether they've had that policy for one premium of a year or 10 years. That's what you paid for. You it's asked like, your insurance company to do that for you. It's like having a homeowner's policy and a storm comes and a tree branch goes through your mm -hmm. living room and you say, no, 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 not my insurance company. It's the whole point is the reason you've bought that policy is in case somebody hit you and they didn't have adequate insurance. Yeah, and I, I think from my view as the investigator for a law firm, I have felt some of that resistance from clients, the, the response of, hold on, what are you talking about, my insurance? What's going to be the... What's going to be the response or the fallout from that? And I have to explain them. That's why it's there. It's there for that reason. And so in that, when that happens, then, I mean, I think they, they're right to ask questions, and they can ask questions to their, to their lawyer about, okay, well, what does that mean? What's the consequences? What does that look like? How does that work? I think that's something they could ask. But I, but I do think it's important that if, some, if, if a person goes, is, is in this situation and they're told by their lawyer or their law firm, there's inadequate insurance to cover your losses. I think the questions that they probably should consider asking is, well, what kinds of things have you done to verify that that's all the insurance coverage that there is? And I think a, a good responsible law firm and a good responsible lawyer will say, these are the things that we've done. And they include the things that you've just described. Yeah, and uh, if, if, I, if my reports are reviewed as an investigator, I leave a very obvious and evident trail of how I researched policies, how I researched resident relatives, how I researched um, assets, um, how I try to put together and confirm people are relatives. I leave a very clear evident trail so somebody could explain to a, cl a client, here's what happened. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Where, do you, where is it, what's your, what's, tell me about your background, what your, your history is, your employment history and training is, and your experiences. That's, that's led you to be able to do this work and, and, and to do it thoroughly and, and professionally? Yeah, so my long-time career, I'm a retired law enforcement officer. I was law enforcement in Dare County, North Carolina. I uh, spent 28 years doing that. Uh, I think the, the relative part of that is the final 18 years of my career, I was a criminal investigator. Well, this is what I, this is what I did. I, I filled in gaps, uh, exploring alternative hypotheses for crimes or something that may have happened. Uh, so as not to have any sort of biases of, of what I think the outcome is going to be. So that has really transitioned nicely over, over to this, um, being able to research people, uh, where people come from, where they live, um, the living situations. I, I did a lot of that in criminal investigations, uh, particularly in developing suspects. I need to know who, if I develop a suspect, let's figure out who the suspect is. Let's figure out who they are, what they're about, their background. Same thing, the same thing kind of applies to here, to doing this. Well, so when I th think about investigator, I usually think about, maybe this dates me, 
I think about, you know, being out on the Magnum PI, you know, being out on the street, talking to people, looking at stuff. And I'm sure there's some of that. We'll get to that in just a minute. But what you're what you're telling me is a big part of this job is actually electronic investigation, data le- doing research and that kind of stuff. Data collection and probably just as important as collecting that data is making that data readable or interpretable. I need um when I would do cases, during my criminal investigations time, I did everything from property crime to homicides. And one of the biggest challenges was put this together so people understand what it is and where it came from. And I think that is a very important part of what I do with Speaks Law Firm. Yes, I will go find this information and this data, but we need to explain where that came from so we can make sure we're tapping into the right sources and, and not just throwing out there, throwing things out there to see what happens. But so early in my career, I used to do a lot of criminal defense in state and federal court. We used to have a lot of trials. And, and one of the things that I always, uh, I, I, I appreciated about the law enforcement officers that I worked with is their dedication to uh, investigating, but also documenting uh, their, their files. And you can tell when somebody is a, is a pro and when they document their files. And, the, and, I would, and I would have to cross-examine them on their documentation. And the best ones would always be very thorough in their do- documentation, and they would always describe the reason for their need to be thorough. And that is because I know somebody may ask me about this two years ago and two years from now in court, and it, and it needs to be right, and, it needs to, and I need to be able to defend it. And if I don't document it thoroughly, I will never remember it two years from now. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's something I, I, you know, I carry a lot of cases uh, with with Speaks Law Firm right now. And I want to make sure in that exact situation when a case manager or litigation attorney comes to me 18, 20 months later and says, where did you get this piece of information from? I've already pre-planned for that. It's there. I already documented where it came from. So there's no question because databases change over time. And what a database might say today could be different. People change addresses. They change auto policies. Some of that stuff isn't permanently recorded. So let's document that now today. Well, so that brings me to another thing I wanted to touch base with you about. We talk about the urgency and, um, you know, people call sometimes and they're like, hey, yeah, I'm going to, I'd like to talk to you about this, uh, this terrible thing that happened. I was really seriously injured or whatever. And, and then we say, okay, well, we'll be happy to talk to you. Some of them are like, well, you know, I can talk to you tomorrow. I can call you back in six months. I can call you back, you know, when it's, you know. And we always tell them, you know, you, you might want to think about that. You can do that. That's your prerogative. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.